Hey everybody, welcome to Eat, Pray, Judge. This is Gabe Pacheco. Sammy Hamarni. And before you do anything else, please go onto your phone right now and give us a five-star review and write us a very quick uh, review. Just write us write us something, anything, because it helps bump us up uh, in the feed and gets more people's eyeballs and ears um, paying attention to this podcast. Sammy. Gabe. Yeah. Dude, I remember 1996. I'm trying to watch SNL. I'm trying to watch Steve Forbes. He's hosting. I think, man, let's just check out this billionaire. He's probably got some comedy chops. He's probably done some improv. He's probably uh, had some corporate Second City uh, actors show up uh, in the boardroom to help him out. And then what happens? Rage Against the Machine. They're performing. One of the dudes from that band climbs up takes an American flag, pulls it down, creates a whole big scene. It's a spectacle. They get banned for life from SNL. They had a, a flag on the drum kit, I think, right? Or it was upside on, a, on an amp, and it was upside down, and Lorne Michaels lost his shit. He couldn't handle it. Yeah. Yeah, Lorne Michaels, man, he's fickle with these uh, musicians. Really? Yeah, people, well, all, anybody, people get banned. Another guy that got banned from SNL was uh, Martin Lawrence. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, I oh, wonder. For cursing. I don't know if you can still find the bit on YouTube, but his oh, you can. Uh, he, he's like he's like it's the '90s, ladies, wash that ass, and uh, that was yeah. He had a whole bit Sinead on O'Connor hygiene with the Pope, Pope peering picture. Yep, Beastie Boys got banned for playing uh, I think a Elvis Costello song on SNL. They got banned from SNL. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and now he doesn't give a shit what what goes on there. He has Little Pump and Kanye. Well, even more, he doesn't give a shit even more just letting Donald Trump go on. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that he, you know, bans these people for their political uh, points of view and speaking out on his show, but he's yeah not averse to, you know, having well, they political also... stance completely whitewash the show. Yeah, yeah, so there's there's that. It's 1996 and Rage Against the Machine gets banned from SNL. Yeah. Uh, also, John Benet Ramsey, she, uh, she passed away. That's was a, murdered. That's a nice way to put that. And it became the tabloid story of the century. Did they ever figure out who did it? <sighs> no. Or is it like the OJ style assumption where like you know, it was the parents or the dad? <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah, I think I think the uh it's probably right in front of us. Uh but no one has solved that mystery yet. Uh let's see. That whole circuit of uh like child pageants very disturbing yeah so many different would you let your child be in a pageant no no absolutely not you know why i do stand up (laughs) child pageant uh (laughs) no my uh my dad was uh he had there was a fundraiser happening in the middle of the day in dc uh for um health and human services and they were they were raising money for people with special needs Mm -hmm. to find housing after they become adults they have to get jobs like stuffing envelopes or you know, just fi- fi- or finding places to, to work and have meaningful lives after they're, you know, out of the group homes. So uh, they, they had a talent show, and there was, like, a bunch of, uh, like, Showtime dancers uh, uh. before me on stage doing that new jack swing. Sure. And then, uh, and then I went up and did some stand-up. What, how old were you? I was probably 11 or 12. I just stole jokes from Johnny Carson and Andrew Dice Clay. Obviously, you weren't working on your own bits. No. And at that time, my uh, I, I looked out over a sea of people um, with special needs uh, being t- being told when to clap and when to laugh by uh, their handlers. That's by their, <laughs> their handlers. 
Yeah. So that was my that was me being in a child beauty pageant. I mean, that's kind of. I mean, you weren't dolled up to look like a thirty-eight-year-old woman from Iowa, but I guess there's definitely similarities there. Yes, but now you know that once. But showbiz, man. Once I got the bite, I just couldn't. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't let go. Yep. Yeah, uh, dude. So I never see. I didn't see this movie in the '90s. Okay. Uh, the movie that we'll we'll name right now, which is The Craft, because yep. I was too busy watching Scream, which is another Nev Campbell vehicle. Uh, Skeet Ulrich is also in that movie. Yeah. So uh, so it's interesting because Scream is the one I saw, but where there are some parallels between that and The Craft. Uh, also, I saw From Dusk Till Dawn in '96. So that's another horror movie. That uh, came out around this time period. Dust Till Dawn? Yeah. Yeah, I like that movie. And uh, I wasn't reading it, but it was published this year. Game of Thrones came yeah, out. Yeah, I, I saw that. How about that, right? Big year for books. Oprah's Book Club launched in, in uh, 96. What else was going on in 96, Gabe? Look, man, I'm here for you to tell me. Educate me on the 90s. I mean, the movies that came out that year, the big ones, which I've seen a couple of them. Twister, Independence Day. 12 Monkeys, Jerry Maguire. It's a kind of a banner year for, for Tom Cruise. I don't, I don't know if you've heard uh, some of the stories about him or surrounding him that year. Uh, he was sailing on an, uh, in, in his boat off the island of Capri in Italy, and uh, he spotted a uh, ship on fire, immediately redirected his boat towards the ship and rescued five people from a burning ship. Whoa. Tom Cruise. Yeah, this real, is the real life, real Tom life hero. Yeah. Also, he was in Jerry Maguire, which was a big Cameron Crowe film. Then, show me the money. Yeah, people uh, loved it. Cuba Gooden Jr. There was a kid that tried out for the role of the child in that movie. Didn't get it. Tom Cruise wrote him a handwritten letter to not give up on acting. He's like, I want this kid to love movies forever. What does Tom Cruise's penmanship look like? I don't know. Is it some chicken scratch? I feel like it's covered in hearts. <laughs> you think? I mean, he's a fucking saint, apparently. <laughs> you think it's all bubble letters and sure. uh, smiley faces? A crayon. <laughs> um, Space Jam came out. Still haven't seen it. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, so may that, you know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I heard that it came out that year. Yeah. <laughs> People were listening. To, oh, Tupac was murdered. Uh, that's so in sad. Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a big story. Crazy. A lot of drama. A lot of drama surrounding that for the next couple of years. Um, people were listening to uh, "Don't Speak" by No Doubt, number one song of the year. Shh. Yeah, don't speak. Uh, the Macarena. Crossroads by Bone Thugs and Harmony was uh, also at the top of the charts. Yeah, R.I.P. to Easy E. God, I didn't like any of those songs. Yep. R.I.P. to Easy e died a year prior. No diggity. Got that right here. You know what I was listening to all the time, though? LaBouche's Be My Lover. It, that feels like it came out so much, so like way, way earlier than 96. Just doing crunches, <laughs> <laughs> jumping jacks, blurpees, <laughs> listening to LaBouche. You just wanted to find a way to use the word blurpee. <laughs> and uh, Alanis Morissette's Ironic came out. Don't you too. think? Yeah. She'd already been blowing up in 95, but this mm -hmm. was, this was I think, the second big single off the album. Yeah, well, it was a, it was a big year, man. Uh, loved the 90s, and uh, we're, that's why I'm glad we're back here to my, see. My bread and butter. To see this one, this movie about witchcraft. Yeah. And uh, before we even started watching it, I, I went online, I googled witches, witches in Bushwick, and there was a Vice Broadly mini documentary on uh 
collectives of young women moving to New York, recent transplants who uh, get together in covens and empower themselves. So that's that's a thing. And then also Kavanaugh, they, witches have been in the news, being witchy because Brett Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. uh, there, were, there was a coven in, in Bushwick that uh, was trying to cast spells on him to, to, I don't know, get him out of office or curse him or just, you know, set up obstacles in his way. And I get that. Spell shit. I get that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Get sure. real witchy with it. That's what, yeah, that's that's putting your powers to good use. That's right. I want to cast spells that can never come back to me, though. Like, if I was going to cast spells, they'd be real low-key annoyances. Like, for example, every time, uh, a spell where every time you go to the bodega to get some milk and you bring it back, even though the expiration date says three weeks from now, you pour that milk on your Frosted Flakes and it comes out lumpy, you know? And so, boom, you've ruined your Frosted Flakes, which are expensive, and bam, you've ruined your milk, and you can't take it back because Poppy doesn't take refunds, you know? <laughs> That's like super petty water torture. That's right. <laughs> or like you get a brand new pair of sneakers, and you go outside, and imme- and it's a forecast on your iPhone says uh, clear skies, but immediately it starts raining. I mean, wait <laughs> That's that's you put some thought into that. That's great. That's right. Or like a, the, the milk. Pop- how long would he, how long do you think it would take for that person to stop getting milk? <laughs> or just they, cut it out of their diet completely. Yeah, they just go straight to almond milk. You're probably doing them a favor. They start doing the just nut milks from a health <laughs> standpoint. Where does milk come from? Almonds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why do you why do you only drink this oat oat milk? Yeah, because it never gets lumpy. It can last for seven months in the fridge. That's right. So, which you have a uh, was your sister ever a witch? No, not that I know of. Yeah, I, she does live in. Well, she lives in Brooklyn, but not, yeah, not 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 in the McKibben Street covens or wherever. Did you ever uh, uh, flirt with the dark arts? Were you a warlock? No, man. I uh, I never. I was never into the occult. Like yeah. as, as occult as I got was like watching the thriller video, and like the you know, <laughs> disclaimer at the beginning of the John Landis uh, video for it was just like. Scenes of the occult and the macabre. I was like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. I was shook. You know, what I found out is that it doesn't matter what... If your film is about witches, it mm. automatically gets an R rating. Oh, does it really? I think they changed that now, but when this came out, when the craft came out, they they specifically tried to cut down on, um, you know, using a vulgar language because they wanted to get that PG-13 rating for a broader audience. But it, it was immediately bumped to R. Puritans running Hollywood. The Quakers had something to say about that. Yeah, yeah. Our rating system is arbitrary and fickle. Yeah. And there's, there's, there's no rhyme or reason to what you can and can't say. I know this is silly, but is it, was this movie rated R? It had to have been. There was, there yeah. was, there was a couple yeah. of fuck yous and some assholes thrown in there. Mm-hmm. Sexual content. Uh, no bosoms. No, there was no nudity. Yeah. Tastefully. It, it, felt, it felt pretty PG. It did, minus some of the language. That's right. So uh, let's see here. Uh, th- so we're going to talk about The Craft. Mm-hmm. Starring my favorite, Feruza Balk. Feruza Balk. Yes. Yeah. She's fantastic in this. And there's also Nev Campbell, uh, Skeet Ulrich, mm. uh, the, uh, some guy who was in uh, Clueless. Breck and Meyer? Yes. Yep. And, uh... We like to work with a lot of the same people here at Eat, Pray, Judge. Doesn't it feel like... <laughs> it feels like they're all just interchangeable. I mean, I feel like when we're doing... We're covering a, a slew of 90s high school 
movies that all have the same casting director. Yeah, they're just all. I mean, oh, you were in you were in this one. You should probably be in this one too. Great, great work if you can find it. Yeah, but Feruza is the is the is the standout. I'd say star of yeah. this movie and the craft. The craft. It's a it's a pretty cool movie. It tackles a bunch of interesting themes. Uh, you know, so so we're ready to do a deep dive into the world of suicide, uh, outcasts, private Catholic schools, um, racism, and uh, body positivity. What you need to know about this movie is that there is a young teenager named Sarah who is moving to Los Angeles with her father and her stepmother and she goes to a new catholic school saint benedict's where she is immediately intimidated and ostracized by all of the normal kids the normies and uh three young women outsiders misfits named nancy bonnie and rochelle decide to welcome her into their coven and uh the thing is is that these three outsiders instead of being like stoners or uh, art girls, or, they or are the rich, pretty girls. Yeah, they are—they're uh, actually witches, practicing mm. witches. So similar to movies like um, Mean Girls, where we've got the new kid showing up at the school and hanging out with uh, with the the, out, the outsiders, or the other one that we just saw, which was uh, Clueless, and with Brittany Murphy's character sort of hanging out with, getting welcomed in by by the by the posh girls. Uh, this one is the outsider being welcomed in by witches. Yeah. So that's all the backstory you need. And uh, the thing is, is that Sarah is a natural witch. That means that she hasn't studied the dark arts, but she has all of these latent witchy skills, kind of like a Jean Grey character. She's almost like an X-Man, a mutant, you know? And uh, the four girls, they go off together to occult bookstores, kind of like Catland in Bushwick. They go off to this occult bookstore in uh, downtown L.A., and they, they get a book of spells. Um, they start hanging out and uh, practicing together in sort of like a, a female empowerment circle with, with, with spells and intent, putting their intentions out there in the world, kind of like the secret. Uh, but now that there are four of them, they've uh, they've completed uh, what they need to channel the the deity Manuel Manuel Manon <laughs> Manon Manon yeah it was a, apparently a male deity but it's a very common French uh, female name oh yeah how about that how very about, interesting how about that? yeah so these uh, so yeah so they they've channeled this deity and he's and the, he's given them all of their all the powers that they've asked for all of the things that they've wished for. So uh, so the rest of the movie is these four teenage girls learning how to cope with the newfound witch powers that they have acquired. It's like Harry, Harriet Potter mm-hmm. and the Sorceress's <laughs> Cycle. Yeah. Could have yeah. been the working title for this movie. You know, a big difference, though, is Harry Potter had a... He had uh, people teaching him stuff. You he know, did. it was like a whole school of these. Uh, oh, an intense, advanced curriculum. Yes, of wizardry. Yeah, here, here they're just freestyling. You know, they're building the plane while it's in the air. That was the extent of my Harry Potter knowledge. By yeah, the way. I wasn't going to drop any any names because <laughs> I, I didn't know. know I was like, oh, yeah. Slither and Dumbledore. Yeah. Yep, those are two things that so, I heard. I've something. heard mentioned before. Hermione. That's a thing. <laughs> That's something. It doesn't Alan, sound good. Alan Rickman was in it. Alan Rickman. I uh, love Alan Rickman. Yeah. So, okay. So that's the extent of our Harry Potter knowledge 
uh, don't add us. Uh, we <laughs> will be speaking exclusively about the craft. Yes. So, uh, I don't know. What are your initial thoughts? My thoughts are that... Uh, and you'd, and you'd, you'd seen this before. I had. I, I, I didn't see it in the 90s, but Amber loves it. So mm-hmm. my lady has... She said she'd seen it, you know, dozens of times. Yep. And I saw it with her about a year ago. And I, I forgot about it since then, but it was pleasant. It was kind of, It was nostalgic. Every every woman I've talked to of varying ages before we review this, you know, we like to get, um, you know, suggestions from women in every aspect of our lives, and uh, every 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 one that I talk to about this, women, every woman that I talk to, immediately loved. They're like, I was like, have you seen this film? What do you? Th-? Yeah, I've seen it like twenty five times, and they will literally start quoting, yeah, lines to me, yeah. So this was a very. Uh, important movie to a lot of young women totally and now to me yeah i learned so much from it did you yes so uh, i think uh one you know uh, automatically i thought uh about the the phrase with great power comes great responsibility and this movie reminded me of a a movie i really liked uh that came out a couple years ago uh chronicle and chronicle oh i like chronicle i saw that chronicles like three dudes that learn how to fly yeah. And like one of them is uh, is the he's the nerd who who'd been bullied and abused by his parents, and then there's the captain of the football team, and then there's another another character who's sort of I, I don't know what how to describe him, but he's sort of like the average guy, and uh, all three of them get the same powers, uh, but you see how their backgrounds uh, influence how they project their newfound. Uh, energy and power into the world and like either becoming villains or heroes and this is similar uh this idea that all of these women have a magical power they they can all channel uh manol but manon manon well you know i'm just feruza's got this weird way she pronounces it yeah and so i'm just she's got got a lot of weird ways she pronounces everything (laughs) yeah so you know, but but it, it doesn't matter. The the power isn't what's important. It's uh it's the intention of the user. Yeah, you know, uh, whether their their heart is pure. So they they perform like a ritual and then are granted the power of this deity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and each of them have different challenges that they're that they're going through that are all legitimate real world uh, issues. So, right. You know, we'll start with Rochelle, and she's the black girl who is part of the crew, and she is uh first off she's swimming. Mm-hmm. So, like, right there, uh, one stereotype blown out of the water. Hello. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, black people swim. Everybody, wake up. And she's a high diver, which is insane and so brave. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I like doing? I like cannonballing off of the, off off the, of edge, the edge of the pool, of yeah. the pool into the pool. I got not a high I'm dive not, fan. I'm not trying to hop, hop off of a plank. <laughs> It's like two stories off the ground. You didn't lose a ship battle. You know, you shouldn't have to do that. <laughs> yeah. So right now she's already she's already a, an amazing athlete, and mm-hmm. she's definitely got skills and something that you know people should applaud her for. But she's being ignored in her class by the coach, and she's being uh, relentlessly taunted by the platinum blonde Barbie. Yeah. Who's in the class, the mean girl. This the is the movie. first time in any one of these high school. Uh, We've seen overt racism. Yeah, which I was uh, I was not excited to see, but also excited. I was like, yeah, okay, cool, because we've watched so many of these 80s and early 90s movies that seem uh, colorblind. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like and a complete lack of uh, 
diversity. <laughs> yeah. And in a very short period of time, we see uh, Rochelle experiencing, you know, a lot of racism from her teammates. Yeah. Who are supposed, they're supposed to have your back, man. You want your school to succeed in, in high diving? Yeah. Well. So there it is. Uh, she She's dealing with racism and... Uh, and uh, okay, so then the next character we've got Bonnie. Bonnie is uh, burns all over her body. Yeah, Dev Campbell's character. Yeah, first time we see her, she's wearing a big baggy sweatshirt. Uh, she's got a mousy body language, you know, totally yeah. uh, turned inward. Um, and and I thought, okay, I I didn't know exactly what the problem was right away. But initially, when she first steps on the screen. I think, okay, maybe she's got an eating disorder or some sort of body dysmorphia, or she's been abused because she's she's holding herself in a very, like, uh, uh, a, a protective posture, almost like a walking fetal position. <laughs> and we find out that she has spurns, scars all over her body. Yeah. Like Deadpool. Yeah, just like Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, but her face still pretty. Still pretty. And her hands and forearms. Smooth. Just, just the back. Just the back. Yeah. So, do they ever discuss how that happened to her? They didn't mention it. I don't. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we don't know. Before before I found out it was uh, it was burns. I was like, oh, was that grayscale? Like, would she just have extreme eczema? I get that. Right. And then uh, Nancy, who's the ringleader of our uh, original three witches, and Nancy is played by Feruza uh, Fe- Balk. Feruza Balk, yeah. She uh, lives in like a weird trailer shanty mm-hmm. above uh, overlooking the city in the hills with her alcoholic mother and her mother's uh, and the, her abusive stepfather. Like eight mile. Yes. She's lit. She's the witch Eminem. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. So basically what, you know, what they're doing is these, these girls are considered outcasts and they all sort of, they all group together. Yeah. But um, they honestly look really cool. Yeah. You know? Sure. I mean, if I was really in cool. high school, I'd be like, those are the ones I want to hang out with. What I, are we doing? I mean, I certainly knew a few girls like that. Yeah. In high school. Um, but it, it's showing why they were considered outcasts by the normcore kids because, you know, they, they, they suffer from things that alienate you in, in, that, in that high school uh, social hierarchy. That's right. Poverty. You're alienated because of race, ostracized because of physical appearance. Yeah. Or you're the new girl in a new town. <laughs> right. So that's why, you know, that's the... Uh, the... And the new girl, uh, fresh meat for the guys. Yeah. You know, uh, Skeet Ulrich's character, Chris, immediately hits on uh, on our girl, Sarah, the minute that she shows up. Yeah. He's, he's throwing a lot of game her way. All of it. All of the game. Uh, yep. The whole kitchen sink full of game. Skeet Ulrich is an actor. Yeah. What do you think? Wow. Well, I don't know how... I haven't seen him in a lot of other movies. I think there's a reason for that. Yeah, so Scream is the one that I remember him from. and uh, But this, he plays a, an incredibly dopey dude. And he's under her spell the whole time. After the beginning where he lies about... He hits on the new girl. She kind of rejects him. That's right. Physically. Mm-hmm. Um, and he lies about having sex with her. Yeah. Spreads rumors. Well, he's a uh, he gets all of his status from being a like a football player right. and sort of being an alpha dude in the building. So he doesn't uh, he hasn't had to sharpen his his talking skills. Yeah, that's what know? athletes do. That's why Brett Favre sends dick pics to uh, reporters. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, oh, you like me? 
This guy's you know, just never had to have game. Yeah, come watch me play. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be at practice this afternoon. Yeah. And then, you know, that, later that night, uh, everything accelerates so fast. So they see each other in class. They, she watches him at practice. And then after practice, uh, she meets up with him after all the girls have their first uh, sort of coven meeting. And, uh, yeah, she rebuffs him. She rebukes his, his advances. But yeah, they didn't. You know, they. What are they going to talk about anyway? They don't really have. They don't even know each other. Commonality yet? Nothing. Yeah. He also doesn't really have a personality, other than that he's sexually <laughs> motivated. That's right. That's a lot of high school dudes. Yeah. Sure. 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 Not a lot of mileage yet. No. Not a lot of life experience. So I get that. You know, he's a horny dude. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, knock him for for trying. But then, you know, the thing that we can knock him for is his uh, his disingenuousness, his lying, his deceit, his bragging about a sexual conquest that didn't happen. Yeah. So he tells everybody in the school the next day that they slept together the night before. That's a no no. She was terrible in bed. Yeah. Yeah. That's two strikes. Very mean. Yeah. Cruel. Cruel intentions. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, also dumb. It's really dumb to yeah, lie. Why about why about that? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Sure, because it's just going to come back to bite you later, as does everything. Yeah, and also, do you want to have that reputation that you've uh, that you're the type of dude that kisses and tells? You know, you don't sure. want to have your biz in the street, as Q-tip says. Q-tip says that. Yeah, electric relaxations. That's I'm true. not. I'm not the type of dude to have my business in the street. It's true. I remember now. Yeah. You know, so th- this uh, this sort of like social sabotage that happens with Chris pushes Sarah further into the arms of these three witches. Yeah. So now the only people that are going to accept her are Bonnie, Nancy, and Rochelle, and they uh, continue practicing. And dabbling in the dark arts. Yeah, I mean, they have their own agenda to, to recruit her anyway. And now that she's completely ostracized, yeah, she be- falls right into their right into their mitts. Yeah, they they notice that she's able. She's got these uh, sort of latent natural magical skills. Yeah, and they skip school and they go off together into a field. Uh, they take a bus. They take a bus into the countryside. Yeah. Huh? How about that? You ever just skip high school and say, hey? Why don't we? Why don't we go up to uh, New Paltz? Yeah, I don't see a lot of buses that run on highways in general, <laughs> so that seemed a little odd. But yeah, you know, into a prairie, right? <laughs> and it's a full bus. Like all of people sudden, are commuting. All of a sudden, they're in Slovang, <laughs> outside of LA. Um, uh, yeah, so they 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 hang are out. the weirdos. They uh, drink some wine. They prick their fingers. They drink each other's blood mm. in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just a bad, bad <laughs> rule, risky. bad rule of thumb in general. Yeah, don't drink blood. Stop it. My mom said that to me when I was like in elementary school. She was like, "Don't touch anyone else's fluids." <laughs> your your mom's like, "Don't be a wet boy." Just don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay dry. Really solid life lesson. Thanks, mom. That's exactly right. All right. So our girls are drinking blood out of a cup, yep. and out of nowhere, Manolo shows up. Manuel, Mano, Man, yeah. Manon. Let's just call him Manon. Hell That's yeah. His name. <laughs> <laughs> so he starts sprinkling his gifts down on them, and mm-hmm. each of them gets a specific uh, power. Requests and gets, right. Yeah, so, you know, uh, Rochelle, she asks for revenge. Right. 
and uh, Bonnie asked for beauty, and our girl Sarah asked for love, and then Faruza, Nancy, she asked for she asked for all the powers. Smartly so. Which is like the that's the cheat code. It's the way know? to do it. That's like when a genie says you got three wishes, and you say, okay, I want my first wish to be uh, infinite wishes. Yeah. Yeah, so she's getting it all, 360 degrees of power. Absolute power. That's right. And uh, But the thing is, is that these these gifts start manifesting one at a time. And the first one, which is horrific, is when, I think it's, uh, oh, well, the first, one of them is that uh, Rochelle is high diving. And then after she uh, gets out of the pool, the girl that's been tormenting her starts losing her beautiful platinum blonde hair and yeah. uh, that's it revenge baby so uh yeah losing your hair in high school as, as, a, as, a, as a woman yeah I mean, it's bad enough as a guy <laughs> terrifying she starts looking like jason from uh, friday the 13th she does the, yeah. the boy jason yeah yeah exactly the one that's been uh soaking in the in the lake for a couple years yep. yeah and uh so this makes uh rochelle incredibly happy the other spell that comes true almost right away is the love spell yeah so chris he drops everything and just starts following our girl around sarah like a little golem yeah she she wants the spell was love which is she wanted love for herself and the love of other people yes so basically what happens is she casts it on chris and it turns him into a almost frankensteinish uh Blindly he's, committed to her specifically only, and and, and he's like a dummy. Yeah. he's in dangerous love with her. He has no uh, re- rational reasoning skills anymore. Right, he is entirely driven by his feelings. Yep. And what would that be like? You know, that's like having brain damage, where you just can't. It, there's no such thing as consequences anymore. Yeah. You're just all you are is horse home. horse blinders. Yeah, feelings, 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 feelings. Whatever it is, constantly happening right now. He he can't think. Uh, he just mirrors back to her whatever she says to him anytime she has a thought and she expresses it he he thinks wow we we think the same like isn't that crazy it's like we're one brain so he's he has no personality anymore complete disintegration of self crippled yes yeah he's like an oliver sacks character from one of those books about brain damage So, uh, but you know, that's when we'll get to like the negative sides of as, as these charms, you know, progress, they, they always have a dark, a dark side. Right. Initially they seem great. You know, Rochelle has, uh, feels that relief and, uh, happiness seeing her rival lose her hair. Well, her rival and the girl that was completely yeah. shittily racist to her. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yes. So, you know, the racist is getting their just desserts. And then, uh, and Chris, now following uh, Sarah around, that's what she wanted. Yep, you know? she like wanted, a puppy. She wanted a, she wanted a nice guy to like her and, and, uh, and, and you know, have this guy around her, wrapped around her finger. Nev Campbell wished for beauty because she had those, that terrible scarring on her back. She yeah. goes to the doctor the next day. The scars are gone, magically. Yeah, exactly. Um, her back no longer looks like Benjamin Grimm, the thing. It's now like... Or Freddy Krueger's stomach. Yeah, now it's all soft and supple. <laughs> Ivory white. Um, so initially these, you know, and Feruz is kind of laying in wait. Yeah, she's like, what's up she's with got, mine? She's got all of it, but she doesn't know yet. Exactly. But this is where, you know, power corrupts. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, in the in the very beginning, all of their powers, they're using them, you know, it's a sort of spiteful revenge and to get to get their comebacks. 
Yeah. Just desserts, basically, to the people who have wronged them. They didn't know that these powers were actually that this was going to happen, though. right? So this is all. These are all sort of like, ooh, surprise gifts. You know, you put a wish out into the world, and you don't think it's going to happen. And it seems somewhat fun and like light. You know, not not as awful as it. As, you know, but mm-hmm. they will reap the, uh, or they they will see the direct consequences. As the Wu Tang says, first comes the laughter, then come the tears. It's true. That's right. So right now we're in the we're in the laughter phase of the film, the honeymoon period for these women with their witchy gifts, and and uh, Nancy's Nancy she goes home to her her mom's uh, trailer park hovel, and uh, the stepdad has a heart attack, and the what, abusive the yeah the abusive stepdad. We don't know how abusive he is. Like he's he's a he's a loud bully alcoholic. You know, not a good guy. He's not a good guy. He is, he's a slob, you know, hardworking man. He comes home from his, from his job and sucks down his beers and verbally abuses his wife and uh, stepdaughter. Yeah. And he has a heart attack, dies. And, but lo and behold, he had a huge uh, life insurance policy. So that, that gets uh, Nancy out of poverty. It gets her mom into a high rise apartment and, uh, what a great, what a great uh, consequence for, for you know, what a what a fortunate chain of events after the husband dies, almost so, immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is great. All these girls are having a good time, but like you said, with uh, absolute power comes some sort of what absolute corruption. Sure, with great powers come great responsibility. They chose to use theirs uh, in a spiteful, vengeful way. Yeah, they now they know how they have the powers, but they're not doing anything good with them. I mean, I can tell you that if I had those powers, the last thing I would be doing was it would be wasting any of them on fucking high school shenanigans. Yeah, I'd be out there doing some gl- thinking, uh, thinking globally, acting universally. Yeah, you'd be saving the whales. Sure, you know, among other things, or turning the Koch brothers into sea turtles. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I would just make them uh, different races. <laughs> I think that would be more fun. Yeah, I would make them a Filipino woman. One, yeah. Oh, that's a very that's a very what if God was one of us sure type th- scenario. Um, or I could just make them day laborers, migrant workers from Central America. I think mm-hmm. that would be fair. Yeah, they just they just wake up in a in an orange grove. Yeah, after a siesta, and and the foreman's like, "Get more oranges, hurry yeah. up." And they're like, "But I'm a I'm a oil magnate." No, you're not. Like, you sell oranges and churros <laughs> on the highway. Yeah, welcome Smack. to welcome to real life. Yeah, you fucking scumbag. <laughs> By the way, all the Bushwick witches were not far from you. If you want to hex people, obviously the Kavanaugh's a good start. Coke Brothers next. Yeah, it's food for thought. Keep it moving. I'll see you at Roberta's. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. So, so there's a, a bunch of different ways that you could use these powers if you have them. Um, but these these girls have have st- stuck to the petty. So at first it's fun. They feel good about it. You know, they're getting revenge on people that were bad to them. You know, people that probably deserved. Uh, I mean, they they deserve some repercussions for their actions. A- absolutely. Yeah, but you know, now it's now it's going kind of far. It's like it's getting uh, a little grim. Yeah, this this blonde girl with no hair anymore. She might like, kill herself or something. I she's mean, like... she's losing hair and bleeding out of her skull constantly in the shower, <laughs> crying. And then Rochelle sees this and is sort of horrified at what she's done. Yes. Not sort of. I say sort of a lot, but she's definitely horrified at what she's done. But she doesn't do anything to, to uh, mitigate the problem. Other than, yeah, yeah. She just backs away in shock and awe and leaves. Mm-hmm. It's um, like seeing 
seeing your own crime and then and then uh, running away from it. Yep. She averts her eyes from her own responsibility in the situation. And then uh, Bonnie, she, you know, you'd think that she would have some humility having um, lived a life uh, as a burn victim. But now that her skin is perfect, she has put on the airs. She's now like a haughty um, narcissist. Yeah, exactly. Objectifying men. You know? It's true. Fine, you know, 2018. Do what you want. I, that's the, the one that I feel that was the least uh, mean. Yeah. That's okay. It didn't, didn't bug me. But, you know, I, th- I think uh, if, you're, if you're critical of people being superficial, then don't be superficial yourself. I mean, of course. That's an you obvious know, that's lesson. The... I, just, I just feel like out of the other three things that the, the other women did, this was probably like <laughs> the most normal. Right. Yeah. Right, right. And uh, what um, Sarah's Sarah's becomes a little bit of a problem. Yeah, you know things go too far. What happens if you have a large man following you around, governed entirely by his feelings? Yeah, that puppy dog infatuation has turned into blind lust, and basically, yeah, he's becomes a, violent. Yeah, he becomes a stalker and an attempted rapist. So he just he needs to obtain her. He 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 gets to like OJ levels of uh, obsession yeah. around her, and that could easily have turned into murder. Because uh, sometimes you kill the thing that you love. If you can't have it, you have to kill it. That's right, George and Lenny mm-hmm. <laughs> of Mice and Men. So uh, and then uh, Nancy Nancy's the villain of the movie. Sure, you know she becomes she becomes the real femme fatale. Uh, she wants to defend Sarah when she hears about Chris's attempted rape. And she goes and finds Chris at a party and pretends to be Sarah. And then at the last minute uh, of the seduction, uh, reveals that she's really Nancy. And it's... Well, he rejects her Im- immediately because it's not Sarah. Yes. And then she laughs and then she changes her appearance, which is one of her powers. Right. Two look like Sarah. The glamour. Sleeping together. Mm-hmm. And as they're starting to get into it, Sarah walks in the door and Feruza starts laughing because. Right. She. Uh, that blows his mind, man. Yeah, he's, that was led to some of the worst acting I've seen. Yeah, this is the moment where uh, you've, you've turned on uh, Skeet Ulrich as an actor. I just figured out why he just didn't get cast in films from, from the, very often. <laughs> right. His career right. just didn't pan out for him, but the acting was pretty bad. Uh, she laughs. Sarah's horrified that she, you know, morphed into her. Mm-hmm. Um, he's dumbfounded, <laughs> which he plays really well. Uh, what happens next? He falls out a window, man. He falls. gets pushed out the window. Pushed by magic wind, I think. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, that Hits his Feruza, head on the hard concrete. Feruza creates. So now she, now she's dead. He's dead. You know, and but uh, Feruza was was acting as a as a spirit of vengeance or hard justice. You know, she she what what she did was still it was a little over the top. It was evil. It was destructive. It was wrong, but it was understandable. It was a justifiable rape. She wanted to protect her friend from a, a yeah a potential rapist. A potential rapist. Yeah. Yeah. Know. So we you know attempted rapist, not even potential. Right. Right. Yeah. Assault. You know, she was a victim of assault. Yeah. 
and uh, she she defended her friend, protected her friend, um, got vengeance. But we're we're we as the audience and the film itself and the writers are seeing this as a problem. Well, they created the monster, so is it, is it fair to kill something you created and made that way? <laughs> no, but yeah, it's a movie, and uh, they we're learning. So now this is a rift. Now we've got a rift between Sarah and the three others. Mm-hmm. Because she she feels like these powers have changed them and, and brought out the worst in them. And Sarah's the only one that feels remorse for how uh, her power has affected another person. She's, uh, well, Rochelle she, felt a little bit of remorse after she saw the girl in the shower, but... Yeah, but she, did, she didn't... Uh, she, yeah, she didn't own up to it. She didn't own up to it. She didn't talk about it. She didn't try to change her ways. It's true. Uh, yep. Anyway, that's, that's basically... This is, the, this is the part of the movie where it becomes, it becomes a horror film. <laughs> yeah, it got a little gory. Or like Home... It, now it's like Home Alone, where we've got, <laughs> <laughs> we've got Sarah in her house battling the witches. And the witches are, you know, they're like the wet bandits, only they fly... They fly into the house. They try to, you know, they try to get her to kill herself. Well, she disassociates with them. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because of the guilt she feels for Chris's death and what's happening to the other people. She wakes up a little bit. Yeah. The other girls are too powerful and too too far gone at this point. And really, the the uh, Nev Campbell's personality, the the two the two other girls, their personalities kind of like fade off into the, into the background. Mm-hmm. It's really just uh, Nancy. Who's who's running the show now? Yeah, they're basically henchmen. Yes, yeah. So, betas, beta girls. Yep, basics. Yeah, uh, you're like witchcraft basic. Um, this leads to a uh, a huge uh horror scene full of maggots, tarantulas, snakes. Yeah, they How use you... a lot of visual imagery with uh, so-called evil animals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Scene on the beach where they uh, all those sharks wash up on shore for some reason was odd to me. So sad. So sad. It was awful. <laughs> yeah, there was like a, there was a beach dolphin up the beach. Yeah, and so I guess when you when you get powers, it beaches all the animals close by, all the marine life just passes away, mm-hmm. washes up. I think he'll take all that stuff out anyway. And. Hey, so let's talk about the final confrontation. The final this, fight scene. The final fight scene, yo, it starts with your favorite, you know? Bugs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is, by the way, an MTV movie award-winning fight scene. Yeah. Between uh, Feruza Balk and uh, Robin Tunney. Yep. So lots of bugs. Bugs everywhere. We got cockroaches. We got rats. Rats. Snakes. Mice. <laughs> Just tarantulas. A lot. Scorpions. <laughs> a lot of vermin. A lot of arachnids. Maggots. Toilet maggots. Ugh. Yeah. This is, uh, you know, it made me think about that scene in Lost Boys where uh, they're all eating noodles. Those are maggots, Michael. Yeah. 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 It's one of my favorite scenes in that movie. Like, Just playing with you, Michael. Uh, what do you think you're eating? Noodles? Those are worms. Ah. So, yes, that was my, that, that's another scene with creepy crawlers. Other movies with creepy crawlers like this, all the Indiana Jones Indiana movies. Jones. Yeah, so th- this ha- there's a long tradition of uh, of uh, skeeving people out on film with bugs. Really good way to do it, easy way to do it. So what I heard was all these uh, cockroaches in the film, they were sterilized so they couldn't breed and because they were like literally just, you know, dropping millions of these bugs 
into the onto the set. Really? And they didn't want them to escape and then like infest uh the the surrounding area. So Smart. these were genetically modified little roaches. <laughs> roaches? <laughs> yeah. Neutered. Yeah. Neutered and spayed roaches. So science. There you go. Yeah. That seems like they wouldn't be able to get away with that nowadays. No. No, but they did it then. I I don't know how if uh human empathy or PETA laws apply to cockroaches? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, Nobody feels bad about killing a fucking cockroach. No. Have you ever eaten uh, grasshoppers? I have. Yeah, delicious. Mm-hmm. Well, they just taste, they basically they just taste like chips. Just crunchy. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, sidebar. Uh, this was a fantastic fight scene. And you know what? This uh, director, he came from horror movies first. He made a horror movie called Bad Dreams in the early 80s, which was kind of a... A ripoff of the Friday the Thirteenth, no, sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street series. Uh-huh. So he's got he's got uh, his feet in both worlds. One world being the uh, teen like rom com world, and then the other one being horror. And uh, so we this can, is a hybrid. Yeah, we can see him doing that. And he makes uh, Nancy Nancy dresses like Lydia from Beetlejuice, but then acts like Beetlejuice. Yeah, like a more evil Beetlejuice. Yeah, not as funny. Not as much uh, punch up in his, in his in the writing for her. Yeah, yeah. She's uh she's I I love she's the right kind of crazy for me though. Uh, yeah, you seem to like her. Yeah, big fan. I, I could watch her in uh in anything. She's been great in a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. She was in American History X. Great movie. And uh, also in Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead. Yeah. <laughs> Not that great a movie, but she's fun in it. She was in The Water Boy with Adam Sandler. Okay. She plays Favors of Bulk. Yeah. She um, plays herself? No, but she plays exactly what you would think. Looks the exact same in every movie. Yeah. 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 So uh, she loses the, the battle, though, uh, to uh, Sarah. To Sarah, because Sarah is a dominant witch. Yes. Just born with the natural. It's kind of like a, a natural born athlete. Yeah, exactly what I was going to say. You know, versus somebody that's been going through training and stuff. There's a lot of messages in this film that I can't really get behind. But Can't beat you know. talent. Inherent talent. Yeah, for whatever reason, Sarah, the the wholesome girl from out of town, is more talented than you know our our poor underdog who's spent her actual time in life studying the arts. Yeah, she's the most witchy woman. Yeah, uh, loses the fight. She loses the fight, and then she um, ends up in an insane asylum. Feruza does, yes. Yeah, at the end of the film, where she looks a lot like Linda Blair in that scene. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're calling back to the exorcist. Oh, I mean, absolutely they are. But, I mean, just just even the way she looks in real life, I mean, she kind of has like a Linda Blairish look. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eyes and... She's a... So she lost her mind and she's in the insane asylum. So I guess the, the moral of the story is kind of good, wins over real evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, so my, my, uh, my final thoughts on this are that... Um, Upon rewatching, I I feel like the wrong girl won the fight. Who were you? Who I mean, did this movie ask you to pick sides? Do you think? I feel bad for the three other witches. Yeah, yeah. You do feel bad for them. Do you feel yeah. bad for any of the hex uh, victims? No. Okay. No, I don't. I don't. I feel like everybody got their, if not just desserts. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine that that. The damage has been inflicted upon the privileged for at least once. Yeah, you know, uh, to say to say that thing that that it it's not fair 
that that they had victims is not, is not to acknowledge that these three have been victims their whole lives. Well, it would have been a really fucking boring movie if they chose not to go down that route. You know, I'm not into this turn the other cheek like uh, Gandhi mentality. Fortunately, I feel like people learn with swift justice. Yes. So, like, like the the three the three witches were victims of poverty, racism, and um, ableism, mm-hmm. or like you know a skin condition specifically. So, uh, dis- a disability, yeah. and uh, that they were using these powers to compensate for these real world uh, systemic and societal issues. And the film is ultimately conservative because at the end of it, the three underdogs lose their weapons to help them get over their oppression. Yeah. And the one person who continues to keep their power is the one that was naturally born with it. The wholesome normie Sarah. So Sarah keeps being a witch. Um, but she's also the one that is most easily, easily integrated into like norm core society. Right. You I know. mean, she had her own issues. She, she lost her mother during childbirth her childbirth specifically, she tried to kill herself, so she had her own, you know, uh, issues. Yeah, th- those things are that that is true. That we really don't uh, spend a lot of time, though. I think on her inner world, and those also weren't societal issues. Yeah, so it's it's a little different. Uh, it, it ultimately just feel it feels like a very conservative film. The middle of it is, and what I mean by conservative is just that we get back to the status quo at the end. Yeah, and the status quo is upheld because. What we learn is that it's bad. It's bad to use witchcraft to um, to try to upend societal injustice. Right. The girl that kind of fit in wins in the end. Yeah. And then, and the poor girl from the from the trailer park with the abusive family ends up in an insane asylum. Pretty shitty life. Yeah. And then the two other girls, like what you know, not they just lose their powers and have to go back to what being bullied. Uh, for being black, and uh, the other one ha- just continues living with a horrific skin condition. Does her skin condition come back? Do you think <laughs> they don't? They don't bring it up, but I'm sure she got it back. Yeah, I guess so. If it was almost like an illusion that she'd lost the burns. So it seems like you like this movie. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a fan. I do. I like this movie. Um, I I think that they could make a sequel. Uh-huh. Like that that takes place now, where uh, Nancy finally gets out of the insane asylum twenty two years later. They're probably working on a musical as we speak. Yeah, I mean they could all they could do an adaptation as well. They could redo this movie for uh, the like two thousand tens with a all new cast of high school students. Either way, it it would work for me. Good, but uh, but I think that it's it's this is a story where you can. Um, sort of at, update whatever the societal problems are with like a new crew of witches. Yeah. Well, those societal problems are still alive and well. All of these are. Now we've got like more school shooters. So there, yeah. there could be <laughs> there could be a witch that, that handles that or incels. That would be interesting. Yeah. I would watch that. And, uh, and, then, and now they could have a, you know, a, a non-binary witch. Then they could throw a warlock in the mix. I think they'd have to. Yeah, make it inclusive. Yep. 
uh, but that being said, like the the movie's great. It just uh, I'm looking at it through a critical lens now because you know I kind of wish that uh, that the other girls won. It left me feeling pretty much nothing, other than a little <laughs> grossed out by the bugs in the toilet. Um, yeah. I don't think there was any kind of message here other than power corrupts, which is pretty obvious. But yeah, I mean, I, it, I left with a f- pretty indifferent at the end. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I learned anything or gained anything by, by watching this, this movie. I think people watch it for the, uh, for the actresses and for the, yeah. and for the soundtrack. Yeah, people love the soundtrack. I mean, like I said, every woman that I've, I spoke to of varying ages loved this movie. To the point yeah. where you know it, it was budgeted at like fifteen million. Yeah, and it grossed twenty four in, in in its 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 run, mm-hmm. which is not very profitable, but it has a tremendous cult following. Um, you know, and uh, like I said, this movie came out the same year as Scream. Yeah, and I think I'd say Scream is the movie that is held responsible for jumpstarting the uh, sort of like a, a, a wave a, con- a horror movie boom. Yeah, for like that generation of teens. But this movie came out the same year, and I think that it fits into that. It's yeah. got a lot of the same actors. Um, it helps inform the aesthetic. I so, mean, it's a darker teenage drama, like a you know, high school drama, which I think is directly a result of uh, it, Heather's, which I think is the, is the best film hell yeah. ever to do any 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 of the sort of content. Right, right. This is this is like Heather's with uh... a. <laughs> With witchcraft, absolutely. And if you haven't seen Heather's, go see Heather's because we will definitely be yeah be talking about that one or like a cooler version of Clueless. Yeah, this is like this was the version of Clueless for uh, all the art school girls. There you go. Yeah. So I don't know. I recommend it. Cool. Yep. It gets a it gets a a cup, a sword, a wand, some blood, friend blood, <laughs> and pentacles from me. <laughs> Well, that's, right. that covers the craft. Yep. Eat, pray, judge. Follow us on Instagram at Eat, pray, judge. Let us know your thoughts. That's right. Uh, Rate, review, and subscribe, guys. Please do that. We need it. We love it. Uh, see you next Tuesday. Bye.